0: So, what I want to look at today is the basics of uh, meditation. So, we're going to do uh, a sound retreat, a sound style retreat, which is based uh, mostly on the question what is this? But what I'd like to look at today to make a start with is to see that actually the basis of uh, meditation practice. I would say, in the Buddhist tradition are based into fundamental elements of anchoring and experiential inquiry. And then, of course, different Buddhist traditions are going to do this in different ways. So, for example, in the Vipassana tradition, the anchor is generally the breath or the body, in the Tibetan tradition, you might use a mantra, you might use a visualization, you might use a theme. <laughs> and in the Korean tradition, the Song tradition, because again, if you look at the Zen tradition, which is more known in terms of the Japanese Zen tradition, you might have heard of Rinzai Zen and Soto Zen. And this comes from the Chan tradition in China, where there were these two currents. One, the linchi current, which used the questions, and one, the tung, later said soto in Japanese, which went more for just sitting, silent illumination. So in the son tradition, they're more based on the one which is based on koan, which is based on questions. And so here the anchor is a question What is this? And so you have different way to anchor. You can anchor in something in the moment like in the Vipassana tradition, or you can anchor in a question like they do in the Korean song tradition. And then you can cultivate experiential inquiry in different way. In the Vipassana tradition, for example, they will do it more in terms of change just being aware of change. In the Korean Zen tradition they will do it more in terms of questioning and that the experiential inquiry. So in any tradition you generally have to have these two together to develop what I would call creative awareness, creative mindfulness. And so You might do them in different way, but these two things are very important component of the practice. So when we sit in meditation, we are basically cultivating these two things together. This is what we're doing. So the anchoring, often you might use the word concentration. But i rather use the word anchoring because we have a strange relationship with concentration. If somebody tells you concentrate, you generally tense up and you generally try to to narrow the focus. That's why I think anchoring might be a better image, a better word, because anchoring is like anchoring the anchor of a boat. So you have the anchor, You have the boat, and so thanks to the anchor, the boat is not going to get lost. But the boat is not unmoving. The boat is shifting a little bit according to current, according to the wind, according to different things. But it's not going too far. So to see that the anchor, that it be the breath, the body, the sound, or a question, is actually a mean to help us to to be with the experience, as Stephen said, to be with our life in this moment in an open and stable way. And so this anchoring in terms of the cultivation in meditation, that it be the breath or that it be a question. So with the sun tradition, you would come back to the question, what is this? And what is interesting with the anchoring, with coming back to the breath or coming back to the question, what is this, is that you come back to the whole experience. Because what you might notice is that when you sit here and you have nothing to do but cultivate meditation, cultivate anchoring, cultivate questioning, you might notice that a lot of the time you are somewhere else. This is just, you know, in the same way we cannot stop hearing. The idea is not to stop our thinking This is not the idea. But to create space so we're not so lost in it. Because what you might notice as you see it is that, yes, you're going to have thoughts. <coughs> and a lot of the time the thoughts are going to be fairly Repetitive. You have had them before. And maybe what, time to time you'll have kind of a new thought. And sometimes you might have creative thought. But a lot of the time it's fairly repetitive. But it's the same with the sound. As we go through the day, there is some sounds which repeat themselves. The sound of the bird, the sound of cough, the sound outside. But the same with the sensation in the body. Something will come again and again, that we feel well, or that we have a little twitch, or we have a little this, a little that. So I think repetition is just part of life. But we don't want to be just, in a way, stuck in the repetition. There is, in a way, what is kind of like continuation together with things we change, because things change. Time to time, we have thought we've never had before. Time to time, there are sounds we've never heard before. So, as we anchor, the point of the anchoring is really not to stop the functioning of the organism in the fact that we think, we see, we hear, we taste, we smell, we have sensation, we have thought. These are just Operation, this is just an organism functioning. But the anchoring is to help us to bring some space within it. So it's not so relentless, one could say, for some people possibly. It's not so repetitive, possibly not so automatic. There can be a little freedom, a little creativity, a little space within it. So that we can actually have the choice. Do I want to continue to think this thought? Do I want to continue to be with this sensation or whatever it might be? So, with the anchor, let's say with the questioning, is to come back again and again to the question and to notice that when we're lost in the thought, we actually are not totally here with this multi perspectival experience but we kind of caught in just one aspect, which often might have to do with the past or to do with the future. And so in a way we kind of trying to, how can we be here? How can we bring creative awareness, creative engagement to this moment? And we can only do in this experience, in this moment. And so the anchoring, is we come back. This is really, I think, very important to see that what we do in terms of the anchoring, in terms of the focusing, is that it's not that we try to hold on to the breath for dear life, or it's not that we try to hold on to the question densely, but it's more that we use them as an anchor in the experience. And so we come back to them again and again, and so in a way here, we kind of like cultivate the choice. Do I continue with this or do I come back? And then I am aware of the whole thing. That's a little choice we have. Do we have continue with a certain thought or do I come back to the whole thing through the anchor, for example? And so here, when we come back to the question or to the breath, Four things are going to happen. One is you're not going to feed the repetition. You diminish the power of the repetition. You bring back to the whole moment. And also we bring back to the creative functioning, which to me is an important part of the practice. And then through that, of course, we might, it can help us to be more calm, to be more spacious, to be more stable. And then the other aspect of the practice which is as important is experiential inquiry. So of course we can do it by being aware of change, sounds, breath, sensation changing. Or we can do it by just asking this question, what is this? And so in a way, the the questioning is really about questioning our tendency to fix, to identify, I am like this, this is like that. (coughs) And then in a way, cultivating a question, asking a question is, what is this? So it's cultivating more openness, being more able to be with uncertainty. And then that, in a way, connects us to the other, just to be aware of change. Because in a way the two are kind of different aspects. We can experience change through the questioning or we can experience change through looking at change. And I think one thing that you might see is that we can cultivate mindfulness directly or we can cultivate it indirectly. We can cultivate being aware of change directly, or we can cultivate it indirectly. And that, I think, is kind of like different technique of meditation are going to use differently, this to do it directly or indirectly. And that's what I realized when I did for 10 years, I was a earning in Korea, and then I just did the what is this, I did not do anything else. But through doing that, very quickly I became more aware, I became more compassionate and I became more aware of change, I became more aware of conditions. So it's kind of like in a way what works, what I think is important is what works best for us. Does this seem to make more sense or am I more used to cultivate mindfulness and being aware of change directly? Or do I use, like a method, like a question? What is this? And actually, I'm still cultivating them, but in another way. So I think this is maybe, for someone used to do the Zen practice, this will be obvious. And for all the others, is to see, how can I bring these two things together? And personally, in my experience, I uh, first did the Zen questioning, sound questioning, and then I did the awareness practice. And actually, personally, I think they complement each other very well. And so then this is maybe something we can explore together during this week. So the questioning, for the one who are not familiar with, I will Talk more about the technique now, then Stephen will talk more about the history later on. So when we see it, and if we use a question, we just ask inwardly, (coughs) silently, what is this? But what we have to be very carefully that this is a practice of questioning. This is not a practice of answering. So we have to be very careful there that very much within the son tradition, they developed something else later on in the Japanese Zen tradition. But within the son tradition, this is really about questioning. And this practice is not about answering. So what we're trying to really do in this practice is cultivate, develop a sensation of questioning, the whole body and mind questioning. And so the anchor is a question. And so we come back to the question and again and again, and you notice if you come back to the question, you come back to the whole thing. And then the other aspect is experiential inquiry, which means we're not repeating the question like a mantra. We're not sitting there, what is this, what is this, what is this, This, uh, it's not going to have any effect. But really what is the main point of the question is a question mark. And so, you might say, but what is this? This is a little kind of vague. What am I asking about? And we're not, in a way, asking about anything. But what you could say is when we ask, what is this? It's like throwing the question into the moment as a kind of directing experience of being in the moment. What is this? As a way not to define it, not to fix it, but just as a way to open to it. What is this? So it's really to see that the aim is to really open to the moment without defining anything. What is this? But of course, if you are used to do vipassana, a mindfulness practice, then you can use it what I would call a modern way which you might be sitting there and you have a thought and you might, what is this? And then it might give you a different relationship to it. But traditionally, you just ask a question with no reference points, so totally open-ended question. So at that level, this is not an analysis, this is not a psychological research, this is not philosophical, this is not about the meaning of the universe. (laughs) It's just a method through which we can cultivate anchoring and questioning together. That is really important. What is uh, very important to see is kind of one of the thing we try to do is to balance the two elements of calmness and brightness. I'll talk more about this later. And so this you can play a little bit. If you used to do the breath, if you think the question is bringing lots of thought or is agitating you, you can always come back to the breath or the body, something which is calming. If you feel a little kind of sleepy, if you are used to do the breath, which can be calming, and little sometimes sleep-inducing, then you can ask a question, what is this? And generally, this will wake you up. So there are many different ways to do the question. I would suggest two main ways. One, you can do it with the breath. Actually, there was a teacher in Korea who used the two together. So you breathe in, and as you breathe out, what is this? You breathe in, and as you breathe out, what is this? So you can try that a little bit if you want. But what you very have to be very careful about is that when you do this, you don't try to control the breath in any way. But you really let the breath come, and then when it goes out, you ask a question. So it doesn't, it's not a yoga exercise. Or you can just ask a question and stay with the sensation of questioning, the unknowing, while it's there, and then when that goes, Then you go back to the silent wording of the question, what is this? What is very important, it's not to ask the question with the head. So you're not sitting there, what is this, what is this? Really, you don't want to do that because you'll get headache. So what you really want to do is bring the question down and try to ask it from the belly. So try to bring the question down into the belly and ask, like kind of starting with having maybe a feeling of the belly and then, what is this? And in a way you try to ask with the whole body and mind without tensing around it. This is a very important point. So we know, because sometimes when we meditate, we try to focus or to question with the body. So we're like, what is this? Or we try to kind of like push, because we often So here we try to really sit in a relaxed and upright manner, and then try to bring down to the belly, what is this? And then, what I think is also important is to see that, like any method, this method might not work for everybody. So during the week, trying to see what is more helpful for you, because we'll Also, time to time mention the breath, or time to time mention the sound. So, some people really like to do this practice, and that's fine. Some people, they sit there, what is this? What is that? Why am I asking this stupid question? If that's the way you feel, don't do it. This is not sacred. No method is sacred. That it be the breath, the body, the sound, loving kindness, just sitting, questioning. They're just tools. They're just techniques. So, try it out. Does it work or not? Can I combine it with something or not? This is for you to see. Some people do it and it seems to provoke thoughts. Like they sit there and just because they're asking a question, it seems to kind of generate more thought. So then generally I would say, Go more, maybe more, to the mindfulness of the breath, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of the sound, and just time to time. Maybe in a 30-minute sit, maybe once or twice, you can bring the question, but not too much. If it has this kind of thought-generating effect. Or some people, they do the question, and it seems to make them feel a little anxious. So again, if that's... So it happens for you then, again, go go back more to the mindfulness of breath, body, of sound, and time to time introduce a question and see how, because what we're trying to do is really to cultivate together quietness and clarity. That's what we're trying to do. So see which element can help you here. And so definitely the questioning can help us with the clarity element. For some people, it's a very good anchoring element. Others might choose to have the body or the breath as an anchoring element. And then what you can do is play a little with what I call the foreground and the background. Because we're asking the question with a focus which is not exclusive. So we're not kind of, what is this, what is this, and try to shut everything out. That's not the idea. But we're asking what is this in the foreground, and in the background, we have a wide-open awareness. Where you have the thought, the sensation, the sound, feelings arising and passing away. So you have the question in the foreground, everything else in the background. But at times, you could have the sound in the foreground or the breath, possibly the question in the background, or no question at all. And then introduce it again time to time. See how it works. You know, sometimes you can have the question in the foreground, then a bit of the sound in the background, then everything else. See how it works with this foreground and what is in the background. And sometimes something might come more in the foreground, then something go more in the background. See how it works. So this is kind of early days. So we want to kind of try things out. Then, one thing is also the posture. Uh, this is a son practice, so lots of sitting. This is kind of like the, the Chan style, Bodhidharma style. So we're going to sit 30 minutes, walk 10 minutes in, in the room, and so when we sit, the first day I see very much as kind of trying out. So, You try out with, uh, if you sit on the floor, try out with the cushion, with the bench. Do I need to have cushion under my uh, knees? Do I need to be a little higher so I can tilt a little more? Is it better to sit on a bench? And then if you sit on a bench, uh, you might have less problem in the back, but then you'll have more problem in your knees. So it's kind of, you have to choose which I go for so you have to play around a little bit. Then to see really you, what is important in terms of the sitting, the, the sensation is if you sit and after five minutes, you are in agony. This is really not the point. So then I would say sit on a chair. But if you sit for 20 minutes and then toward the end, it's a little uncomfortable, then you know in 10 minutes I'm going to walk, it's going to be okay. The point is that when you stand up, if the pain continues, like if it goes within two minutes, it's okay. But if the pain continues through the day, then you really sit on a chair or find a different posture. If you sit on a chair, personally, I sit in the middle of the chair so that I hold my back myself. But if you have any pain in the body and you need to sit at the back of the chair, The only thing I would say, be careful not to sit like this because then it would be hard to be sharp. So try to sit or put a cushion at the back so you sit relatively straight. This is the only thing I would recommend.